Welcome to the School of Calisthenics podcast with Tim and Jacko. Answering your calisthenics questions, helping you to redefine your impossible. If you want more great content from us, you can find us on social media, on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. And we've got a great YouTube channel where you can get in touch with us and ask your questions there. Let's get into these questions now. guys, Jacko here. Just before we get started into um, the Q&A, this is a great one with um, one of our new coaches, Lani, so you're going to find out a little bit more about her, but we have to obviously mention the handstand challenge where in 2018 we are going to try to, uh, all of us together, become uh, world record holders as we try to break the Guinness World Record for the most number of people doing a handstand in one place. We need your help for this. We need over 400 people to be able to do a handstand uh, with us in at our home in Nottingham, not literally in my house, but in Nottingham. Um, on and it's going to be held on International Handstand Day, which is the 23rd of June 2018. So we've got six months to do it. It is the goal, the New Year's resolution, the only one you need this year. Um, check the, uh, the 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 show notes for details about that, um, and we've got a beginner's handstand guide uh, with a week by week uh, training plan to follow. With obviously the standard um, school of calisthenics um, video coaching tutorials to follow along for that, if you need some extra help. But we look forward to seeing uh, all of you there and becoming world record holders together. Um, but for now. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the uh, Q&A and interview with our new coach, Lani. Welcome back to School of Calisthenics. It is Q&A number, I've started, and I don't actually I know. I think it's 13. Or Tim. 12. It's th- Either way. It's one of them. It's, this, is, this is probably the most awkward because somebody's become, has come between <laughs> me and Jacko. And it also needed to, to dilute our bromance a little bit. So I think, welcome to the team, Thank Lani. You. Uh, we're going to kick off this with this, this, a little bit of a different Q&A because we're not actually going to give you opportunity to ask any questions this week. We just want to know a little bit more about Lani. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about her training, history, where she came from and she's done some pretty cool stuff and what she's learned along the way. So hopefully there's going to be loads of value within this. Um, but start off, Lani, tell us a little bit about your sports career and then how you came to meet possibly two of the greatest people in calisthenics. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Um, Where I'm... are they? <laughs> They're coming later. <laughs> I know, yeah. You've got some guests. This is actually going to be a great Q&A. Two great <laughs> people are coming later. <laughs> Two special guests. <laughs> um, right, so I was born in Australia. And um, yeah, probably can tell. Um, and it's obviously a very active... Whereabouts in Australia? Um, I grew up in Brisbane, but I was born in Melbourne. Well, Brizzy. just outside of Melbourne in a small country town. Nice, mate. Grew up in the country. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so Brisbane is where I grew up until I was 18. And I always did different types of sports. So I did touch football, soccer, hockey. And then I focused on triathlons and velodrome cycling for um, a couple of years when I was about 15, 16. Were you any good at those or were you just a bit of an all-rounder at that point? I was quite an all-rounder, I would say. I was quite good at triathlons and I did like regional level, so maybe like county level. Yeah, um, yeah. I never like did national level and then did velodrome cycling and I really enjoyed that. But um, 
yeah, one day my dad said, why don't you try kayaking? Because both my parents were both uh, represented Great Britain and Australia for marathon kayaking. A degree. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> right. I actually hated the sport to begin with. I thought it was good. Don't you say it, because it sounded like you're going, like, I tried all these things <laughs> and I just kept trying stuff until I found one that I was really, really good at. Yeah, yeah. People that do kayaking, they do it because they can't do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> no, my parents did it and they're like, why don't you try it? And I, I gave it a go and I actually really enjoyed it. When I tried it when I was like six, I was like, no. Nah. I'm not doing this um, and yeah I made it on the Australian team quite quickly and I got to travel the world so I was like I'm onto something here like this is quite <laughs> this cool is all right. I get to go to Europe and, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. how old were you at that, at that stage? Uh, I was first represented Australia when I was 16 okay um, and then uh, that was for marathon kayaking and I think we it was the worlds were in Australia actually uh, I don't think we did that great and then the next year I was like, right, I'm going to focus on doing K1, which is single kayaks. And I Sprint raced, distance, right? Uh, marathon. Marathon, straight, okay. Yeah, for this one. And I actually, I got silver medal at the World Champs. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm liking nice. this. This is quite cool. Yeah. Um, so I'm actually then, going, Dad, this is a bit crap. So actually, yeah. When someone goes, here's a medal, you go, actually, yeah, I like this. This yeah. is all right. Well, I loved running when I was younger. So marathon kayaking, basically, it's done on a lap system. So every oh. lap, so I think you do five laps when you're junior. Every lap, you have to get out and run with your boat. Yeah. So I was like, okay, cool, I can run. Some of these girls, they just can't run. How far do you have to run? About 150 meters. Oh, okay. Holding well, a boat. in the boat. Oh, yeah, oh, holding nice. your boat. But some of the girls couldn't yeah. run. So I was like, this is ideal. I can just like leg it. And then <laughs> 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 get rid of them. Um, yeah, and then, so I kept on doing that. And I also did sprint canoeing, which is, or kayaking, um, which is the Olympic distance. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then when I was 18, I decided I was going to move to the UK because my parents, as I say, represented Great Britain and I kind of wanted to follow in their footsteps. So. Oh, nice. So when your parents are British? Yeah, my whole family's British. But you just so had to move over to Australia. Two months before there. I was born, they moved. Oh, and wow. then when you moved back to us, back, so when, not back, when you moved to the UK, yeah. what, on your own or with your parents? No, on my own. Oh, right. I decided when I was 18, I was like, well, I don't have anything that's like tying me down in Australia. Mm. Um, I'd finished school and I didn't want to go to uni at that stage, so I was like, right, I'm gonna. And was that go because to the Europe. opportunities to actually be pro in kayak were greater? Yeah, at, at, at that stage, I could I could come to the UK and there was funding mm. um, with that UK Sport. They fund taking fund us. So, yeah. Coming over yeah, here, <laughs> <laughs> winning medal, take it. That's all right. So you I've won a medal. It's all right. It's fine. <laughs> I am dual citizenship. <laughs> um, so there was more support over here. We had access to physios, strength and conditioning, doctors, yeah. everything we needed. Um, so yeah, I, I actually spent, before I moved, I spent six months in the UK working and training to see if I liked it. Okay. Um, and yeah, I did, so I moved over. And then I was part of the British women's kayaking, sprint kayaking team for the last eight years. And then last year I came off of the sprint program and focused on marathon kayaking. And tell us a little bit about um, what happened in the lead up, because this is probably a really unique thing from an athlete perspective, but the lead up to Rio 2016, go from what happened at qualification and then the whole thing, that, the, the, the backstory around how you actually have ended up going to Rio and competing, because it just shows like, from when you, when you think about adversity and, and just kind of cracking on despite a few bumps in the road and then making the best of the situations it presents itself. It's, it, like, I, I think that when you've invested so much time and energy in something, the highs and lows that you went through, yeah. it's just unreal. Yeah, no, definitely. So I actually just missed out on London 2012. Um, and unfortunately, yeah, it was very, very close to going and that didn't happen. So I was pretty devastated once when that happened and I had to reassess whether I wanted to continue. Mm. How um, old were you then? I would have been, what, 24? 
20, yeah, 23, 24, mm. yeah. Um, so I decided, no, I was going to keep on going and give it another shot. And in 2015, you have your qualifiers. So the year before the Olympics, you qualify. And I was racing in the K2, which is a doubles event. And um, you have to, the K2 is quite a hard event to qualify because you've got to get top six. But European, we're in the European continent, so it's, it's the hardest continent to qualify. Um, but, so you have to get top six, but within that top six, there has to be maybe someone from Australasia, Africa, mm. or... Okay, yeah. yeah but there's only America. one slot on the British team, isn't yeah. it? One boat goes, so yeah. if you're not the, the number one boat, it's not like, we, like a, three or four people get to go with athletics yeah. or whatever, no. it's literally number one. Yeah, so you can only, yeah. So we, we got eighth, and so we were like, oh, we've missed it. But there was girls, so it works, it's really complicated, but there's countback spots. So if people are dubbing up in events, mm. then those spots actually end up giving, getting counted okay. back. Yeah, so yeah. it worked out that we, we, we finished that weekend and we got told, you know, you guys have qualified that boat. Not necessarily us, like yeah, we yeah. might not go in that boat. We still have to keep on performing. You made the boat qualified. But that boat got qualified and then it all got got changed around and things got like within yeah yeah the, not in our program but like internationally right and it ended up that we didn't have those spots anymore so from going getting told that there was a good chance that yeah. if you kept training that boat and you won the selections the next year you could go to the olympics so that was pretty devastating it went through like loads of court appeals and everything and we found out we had um we then had a second time to try and qualify in may and you have, you, there's only one spot there, you have to win mm. it, and we got third. So we right. were like, that's it, we're not, I'm not going to the Olympics yeah, yeah. anymore. Um, and then the next weekend there was a World Cup and someone was like, no, no, some people have been, like some countries have been done for drugs, you guys have got the next spot. Right. So I was like, I've Back just in. had this like weekend where you're not going, you're not going to the Olympics anymore. You just had a bender for a week. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know how much wine I've just drunk. <laughs> Um, so I was like, oh, what? <laughs> like, amazing. But then you just got people saying these things. Yeah. There's no, like, it's just, there's no clarity or anything. Mm. So then that went all through another court process. Of, right. And then basically we found out 12 days before the Olympics that we were going. Yeah. We'd won. So this whole time you we didn't still, think you were. we didn't know we were going. So this whole time, every day you come to training, Oh, it might happen. Yeah. Next yeah. date, that's no, not happening. So you just you, you you're training just yeah. on the off chance that you're hoping yeah. something might, which yeah. is tough. Like in terms of motivation, it was sure. hard. Like mentally, like I think I'm quite mentally strong, mm. and it definitely challenged me. Yeah, because <laughs> everybody else knows they're going, right? The rest well, of the team is packing bags. Yeah, there's four other girls that are already like qualified yeah. in the K4, and and there's my my K2 partner at the time, and I, and we're just you know yeah. turning up to training every day we don't train with those other girls they, they're focusing on their boat so it's just us too and um yeah that was hard because you'd have one day when i was down and she was up and then the opposite yeah. so you, mm -hmm. you you're helping you have to try and pick each other up at yeah. the same time so yeah to get to get the call to say we were going was in incredible like it was such an amazing experience to go but um, yeah, when we got there, like we we didn't have the best results that yeah, we, yeah. we could have got, but less than ideal preparation. But, uh, yeah, it's yeah. really it's such a shame because you think like when you sit on that start line for an Olympics, you think you never think you're not going to be in the best yeah, shape yeah. possible, yeah. and like 
we did everything we could like we yeah. couldn't have done any more but i think mentally and like physically it mm. just drained us i think it's really interesting because we do some work in swimming and there's another um guy that we, we do some work with that he won't mind me talking about with james Curtin, and, and his story is, is similar like we kind of people will sit at home and they'll watch the olympics and they'll see these guys you're in the prime of your life Oh, why did you not perform when you said like there's so much stuff which the media don't report like, and there's so, so much many money stories. that goes into the sports and yeah, stuff, yeah. But, and yeah, it's actually it's like more. people don't don't know the sorts of stuff you've been through but a lot of the stuff that we do from a sports performance perspective is just trying to make that journey as smooth as possible we yeah. don't want any bumps in the road we don't want any turbulence so for you being are we going we're not going we are going we're not going yeah. right you're going flipping all of a sudden like pack your bags get on the plane yeah. and, and now go and perform like it's, it's yeah. a lot to do against yeah. people that have you then in, in a field where there might be other people that have had problems but there might be a lot of people who have had great preparation yeah because yeah. they're not a level playing field yeah but then, yeah. and like, even you didn't even mention, but like picking up injuries and things along the way, like you yeah. can be, yeah. I could probably count on one hand the number, I played th- over 300 games of rugby and I could probably count on one hand the number that I'd say I was 100% fit, like yeah. you're always yeah, carrying yeah. things that, and so sometimes from, it's just unlucky if it happens to be the week before you're going to the Olympics. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so from that whole experience, like what do you think that, what have you taken away from it in terms of like how it's changed you, how you now see like and, and reflect on on your career and what happens next and is, yeah. it, is it was it is it left any sort of like lasting feelings or anything or no i think like i've got a never give up attitude i yeah. think and and that was really important to me i don't want to have any regrets so i wanted to always make sure that i did everything and i left everything on the line and i think straight after the olympics it was really difficult to come to terms with it because mm-hmm. i was like i should be really excited and really happy that i've just gone to Olympic games and on the other hand i've just not done the performance i wanted to do yeah. so that was really hard to then not have a negative yeah. experience in my mind of the Olympic Games. And I think, but now I, I'm, I'm fine with it. Like I've come to terms like I work so hard to get to that point and I deserve to go. I know mm-hmm. I deserve to go to that Olympic Games. So when I look back, I, I don't necessarily just look at the Olympics. I look at the, the pathway to okay. that yeah. and what I put in every year to get to that point. So I think yeah. that's awesome because it like, being an Olympian is, a, is, a, is an, an incredible privilege and you, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it, but if you, the sorts of things that we can take out to, from, that, from people who are, that are watching is it's, is that process of actually just stayed in the game and you just kept on working. Yeah. And we have a phrase in sport and it gets bounced around quite a lot now, but you can control the controllables. Like in that situation, there was so much was out of your control, so all you had to do or all you could do which is keep training and there would have been stuff over the years that were leading into that, yeah. but it's just like you say, just don't give up, don't give up, don't give up. And whether that's bring that into calisthenics if, someone, if you're trying to do something it's your first impossible like going to the Olympics when you were 16 you'd go oh, I don't know like hmm. I don't think I'm going to go like it's, it's yeah. a big deal like I, I've got to do this and I've got to pass this event like but you stayed in the game you kept on working and you achieved a dream and no one can ever then take that away from you you are an Olympian and yeah. that's cool like yeah no, there'll really be some cool. stuff that you look back on and you go okay yeah, but I don't know there's how many people go to the Olympics the percentage of, of Olympians of all time who don't look back on it and go not fully happy with how that went yeah like unless you're going to break a world record and win a gold medal even then like we've had i've trained athletes as one girl who went to the um paralympics broke a world record by two seconds and came second and you're like what does it take to win a gold medal yeah but she's still like was two seconds better than she'd ever been before and it's so i think it's i, I don't know i guess what i'm saying is that, that it, it, it's such a complex thing but the, the consistent thing that we see from people is you just got to work for it and you've got to stay stay in it and you never know where it might go yeah yeah and like with the with this the journey that we go through in calisthenics a lot of the time we're we're working towards doing something that feels impossible and 
there's a lot of controllables that are in your control but there's some that are outside of them and and it's a case of just getting happy with those and just working with what you've got being com yeah. uh, being complacent no what's the word i'm looking for not Quite like complacent like um you really happy, like, is it a content? C word? Is, it, is it a C word? It was a C word, yeah. <laughs> How many syllables? Don't say it? <laughs> so, after the Olympics, fast forward a year and you focus on kayak, marathon, yeah? Mm -hmm. Won the World Championship? I do, yes. Tick. World <laughs> champ. Um, and then it was, but it was during that point as well when you started to focus on that and when you started to get introduced to, or you, you, you met up with Tim, and I'll let Tim tell the story a little bit, but I just remember Tim ringing me up and going, yeah, I've, I've met Lani. Flipping massive. <laughs> I don't like know, stack, stack, right? stack, as in like I muscles. Didn't say, I didn't say that. She never talked about a like that. <laughs> <laughs> like she's way bigger than us. Um, yeah, so as a, we have a, a colleague, or a mutual friend really, that I've known for a long time um, called Emma, who is working as a performance lifestyle advisor. And she got in touch with me and said that there was a, one of her athletes, and she you didn't have a name to start off with because <laughs> of this confidentiality thing. So I was talking about an anonymous person. Um, so we had a conversation about, about Lani and that she was in Nottingham, wanting to transition out of, um, out of the sport into working in, in health, fitness, PT. Um, and did I know anybody that might be able to sort of guide her? So I was like, oh yeah, cool, we'll have a conversation. I always like to meet up with athletes because just nice people. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought we'd have a coffee at least. Um, and then we sort of, we just met up and then we've obviously got the, the Paralympic side of stuff, but with, with Lani's background in, um, in kayaking, I said to Dave before I went down, I guess she's going to be flipping strong. Because uh, the, the amount of gym work that these guys do is, uh, is impressive. And uh, I've, I've, I've seen kayakers and, and worked with them before. And so we, um, did we go in the gym that first day or not? I can't remember. We yeah, I think I came and shadowed one of your sessions. Oh, that's right. Yeah, with Rich and some yeah. of the guys. And then we trained a little bit and then... Like, so we get around and Lani, like, she just took her hoodie off. And I looked at her shoulders and I went, oh, flipping <laughs> jealous of those. I was like... <laughs> I think I remember you even doing that. Crikey, I rang Dave up and I went, you yeah, see the size of her biceps? <laughs> in, a, in a nice way. Okay, thanks. In a, yeah, what time are these? Way, I know. Um, and, just, and just as part, and just to, like, to, to get into that in a little bit in, in terms of your journey in training and become and getting strong i remember mm. talking to you when you said you know you couldn't when you first went to kayak and everyone started everyone started training and everyone's doing pull-ups and you couldn't even do one and i think a lot of people will see you doing stuff now and obviously you have built up that strength but like how how difficult was it at the start building it up and how long have you been training to to make you know some of the stuff that you're doing yeah. now like almost seem easy just yeah. to put it in perspective for people i've been in the gym for 10 years so like when yeah when i first started um in the gym i remember that we were doing a circuit and we had to do pull-ups and i i was like okay fine yeah and i went to do one and i couldn't even do one and i think it was 30 seconds on whatever off. <laughs> i was like well i can't even do one that's a waste of 30 seconds isn't it like what am i gonna do just stand here and twiddle my thumbs i'm yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> just do some bicep curls instead <laughs> going home and calling my mum and being like, mum, I can't even do a chin-up. Like, <laughs> she's like, it's fine, don't worry, you'll get it. Um, and then, yeah, literally, because of, in the environment, I was training in the club system then. So I was like, right, I've just got to keep on going and yeah. just kept on going at it. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, so how yeah. many gym sessions were you doing a week? So it varies. So in the winter, we'll do a lot more land-based mm. uh, training. So we do, we could do up to five gyms a week. Yeah. And then it's you'll do like either swimming or running and then sometimes some, some paddles yeah. as and well. And when you've been doing that for 10 years, you're going to yeah. get strong. 
And, and yeah. how long of that time were you sort of under the um, the tutelage of a, a full-time SNC, SNC coach? Uh, about eight years. Okay, so yeah. it's a long time. So it's a structured program, and yeah. and again, that's that's just a testament of, of again, like I said before, mm. it's having time in the game is what just builds the results. It's yeah, not, definitely it's not easy. When I first um, got put in touch with the strength and conditioning coaches in Australia, and I was still a I think I was under 23 or just last year juniors. And the only thing we did was technique. Mm. He was like, I don't want you to lift weights. I just want to work on your technique. And at first I was like, oh, I just want to lift. But he was just ingrained it, ingrained it, ingrained it. And when I came over to the UK and started doing gym with another SNC coach, he was like, oh, it's great. You've got the technique yeah. down pat. And then now we can start to yeah. progress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's so important. And I can't hammer home how important it is to do focus mm. on the technique yeah. to begin with to yeah. prevent injury but would you say that from when you started calisthenics because we've seen a change since we started working together from where you were doing um stuff before like obviously the outcome is slightly different and the the, the cause but i saw you in the gym last week i think we did a session mm. and i was like flipping moving really well from when we first went in and like you're working on muscle ups and you even just you've gone right back to the basics and you pull up and start yeah. to tidy that up and and see like a bit more of a, a, a focus on the quality of the movement around that does yeah. that kind of link across with was that is that now do you, do you see more importance in that or was it do you see that it was when you were doing when you're working or when you were training in canoeing that that was just a kind of in that, that squad environment just everyone's just getting and just getting stuff done and it was, yeah. wasn't actually so much precise precision about it or yeah no like I think when you're in that squad environment and you've got eight girls or however many girls it is everyone's competing yeah. even if they're not meant to be competing you're always going to be competing yeah. so um I think it's been really good this year and I have did well, you would focus on yourself mm. but you'd always have like for me in that in my group of girls I was always the smallest and I always didn't lift as much as them, yeah. but it was power to weight. So actually I was strong, but it's so hard when you're seeing other people lift so much weight and you're like, oh, I can't lift that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so no, I think definitely this year I've just focused on on me mm. and what, what is best for me. And, and I haven't had the um, access to physios because I'm not on the program anymore this year. So I've been so, had to really be in tune with my body and make sure I did all the mob mobilization yeah, yeah. that I could do and that I wasn't just, I was focusing on the technique in the gym. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think incorporating calisthenics into my training this year has helped a lot because you focus so much on stability side yeah, of things yeah, and yeah. kayaking, you need that stability, yeah. otherwise you're in the water all the time. Yeah. So. <laughs> Which is not, not conducive to winning a world championship. No, not at all. <laughs> and how have you found it then? Obviously, so you, you had that first meeting, that first conversation with Tim where you yeah. thought you were like gonna get some experience on S&C and PT because you were gonna want him to do, go into that. Yeah. And then actually got wangled into this. Let's try and do some cool stuff hanging off bars and, and whatnot. <laughs> how have you found like- No, I loved you, it. You're smiling too, obviously, yeah. you found it. And, and we're super excited to have you on board as one of, one of our coaches. And like, Thank but you. Just how have you, how have you found that way of, way of training? And, you know, I guess you've, you've, you've come with that 10 years of building up like the strength yeah. base and you, you get to do some cool stuff with it mm. now. But how's that been like? No, yeah, really good. Like, well, I, I'd always seen like on Instagram all these cool like moves that people do on these. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that looks really awesome. And I remember, I think I remember looking online and looking at calisthenics stuff, and there wasn't that much stuff. And then then I found you guys, and I was like, oh, that's really cool. Um, I think it was just when you guys were starting out at the beginning no, of 2016. Yeah, we were, you really weren't. <laughs> <laughs> no, really. but like, <laughs> it was like, um, and then yeah, I remember when I met up with you and 
January, I think it was. Mm. And you're like, oh, try a flag. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> okay, couldn't do it. I remember, I remember, I remember <laughs> she was going, it was like, and she pretty much did her flag straight away. <laughs> yeah, like she's being humble now, but when she first did a flag, she held it in that position with feet off the ground. I, I remember saying to the ring a day we going, it's not a million miles away. Yeah, Give yeah, that yeah. a few more months and, and that'll yeah. be in the locker. But it's just, some of that, you just you just came with a good training background. Yeah. And I think that, again, like we just flip it into a take-home message is it's just, there's some things where like, I get frustrated with my, with my calisthenics training. I'm not moving forward as quickly as I want. But getting getting strong and, and fitting that all together, like it's not it's not we we it's been massively oversimplified in some cases by the fitness industry, and in that we think we can just constantly it's just getting just getting stronger. Yeah, you do, but it, it takes time. But it, yeah. especially in calisthenics, it's not the same as just lifting dumbbells week in week out. We're asking ourselves to, to move in brand new ways, yeah. to create tension in new ways, and if especially like like us, slightly older, like we're not nine ten years old anymore like the, the system's got a, a little bit more stress in it and there's a bit more of a, um, a, a higher demand on, on us actually learning or high complexity of learning new skills um so just throwing it all in it's, 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 not, it's not easy but the thing that you've got to do again it goes back to what you're saying about the, the games experience before is it's just even though there's going to be plateaus and there's going to be difficult times like just keep training and mix it up into things that you enjoy and, and i guess that's been something for you that you've had 10 years of gym training where like Kayak training for the for the gym is from an SNC coach is probably not that exciting. It's quite boring. It's a lot of push and pull, right? <laughs> a lot of push and pull, <laughs> push and pull, push and pull, and a bit more push and pull. So to come so, out from where you've been from an athletic perspective, and then now actually come into calisthenics and go like, I want to learn to muscle up, and you've, you've now got that a little bit of a love for, for learning and love for movement yeah. back in, and something which you can, you can apply what you've done before. But then also, like now, you've got new things which you can't currently do. Yeah. And I guess that's probably quite a humbling thing. For I'm an Olympian, and then you come in the gym. Like everyone gets yeah, that yeah. in You come in the gym, and all of a sudden you go, "I think I should be able to do that. Yeah. Why can't I do a ring muscle up?" Yeah. Which you can now do. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. It's just like the one thing I I really like about calisthenics, and it, it's similar similar with kayaking, is they're both very technical. And for me, in kayaking, I had to be very good at my technique mm. because I wasn't the strongest so I couldn't rely on my strength in the water I needed to make sure I was being efficient as efficient as possible and with calisthenics you can be as strong as possible but if you're not using the right technique and going through those steps yeah, you're not yeah. going to get to the end result yeah. so that's what I really like about it as well and yeah and it's so nice to be able to challenge yourself again working in the gym for 10 years it's, it does get a bit boring yeah and um I just love the functional side of it as well because, yeah, I never want to, I've always said, like, I never want to get to a stage where I can't lift my own body weight. Yeah. And I think it's so important that everyone can, can do yeah. that because you never know when you're going to need to pull yourself out of something or, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it might be the same for you, like, interesting to know the same for you. Um, so my last question that when I came out of pro rugby, it was a case of... Um, a massive lack of motivation which I'd never struggled with before mm. when there was no game at the weekend so yeah. when you've made the decision that you're not going to carry on you know you're not going to try and go to Tokyo 2020 yeah. like to come in the gym and get excited about learning like a new thing for me was like really uh, it's like a new lease of life in terms of my training yeah um, definitely well like, as I say this year I've structured like I've been training at my canoe club in Nottingham Nottingham Kayak Club and we've 
you know, my I've structured my training how I want to. So I've got a coach down there, um, Norman, and he he'll plan our water sessions, and then you know we do our gym as a group. We decide what we want to do. I've got these sorted. <laughs> <laughs> so by adding calisthenics into my training this year, yeah. I definitely think it's helped. I remember you asked me last week, mm. do you think it's helped? And I was like, I, I do actually think it has because you, people think when you do body weight exercises, oh, it's just your body weight. Yeah. it's not right? that hard yeah. but there are ways of making it very difficult and when we had the conversation yeah. the other day I was like well, do I do dumbbell bench press or do I do um, press ups on the rings yeah. and it's like well I'm using more stability I'm using my core more and locking on my glutes and everything by doing the ring press ups yeah. and they're just as hard as if I was going to yeah, do yeah. try and get 12 reps out on a certain weight of dumbbells so yeah. it's a really I'm really loving it I think it's yeah. great so last question from me then so from a calisthenics perspective What's, what are you working towards? What are your goals? What's your, yeah, what's in, what's in the impossible box? Yes. I want to do, be able to do a handstand and hold it for yeah. 30 seconds or, yeah, and a, make it a, comfortable. A nice, Just okay. a nice, yeah. Tidy it up. Yeah, and muscle up. Definitely, like on the bar. On the bar. Yeah, to be fair, I wouldn't do it all, really. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't want to stop. I don't, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. a flag, definitely. But I think when I first started, I was like, oh, I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to do this. And you, it almost can be overwhelming because you're like yeah. trying to work on everything. But mm. I think it's important just to focus on one or two. And then once you've got that down pat, move on. She, Sounds like Stevenson. Good. Sounds like Tess. <laughs> she's good. Hey. It's true. <laughs> So that, we're going to wrap it up, I think. Yeah, yeah. I hope this is obviously Lani, and I hope you've enjoyed getting to know her a little bit better. We certainly have, and we're really excited to, to um, be doing more stuff with Lani, and you're going to see loads more coming out from her in terms of tutorials, and we're going to try and do some stuff that's focused around a little bit, some specific stuff for females um, as well, which is a really cool little area for us to be looking at as well. Perfect. Nice. So if you're not already subscribed to our YouTube channel and you want to see some more of these beautiful people, then you need to tick up there in that <laughs> box. We've got our free beginner's guide, which is going to give you everything you need to get started in calisthenics, somewhere around Dave's armpits. <laughs> and for last week's Q&A, that's up there. Click that and have a watch. And until next time. Class dismissed. She's good. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>